Hello, I'm John Elliott and welcome to Spot On, the podcast that talks to people involved in business and public life about ideas to help Britain win. My background is manufacturing. I love making things and I'm always looking for ideas, policies, products and services that make this country a better place. That means they are spot on. Today, my guest is David Land, Director of Drive2 Business and Director and Co-Founder of IA Growth. David has gained experience through working at senior levels within manufacturing and the automotive sectors with companies such as Cummins and Gestamp Talent. Starting out as an apprentice, David gained knowledge and experience in all aspects of business with specific emphasis on strategic planning, business development and project management. He has also had responsibility for running a large manufacturing site. David, you've spent most of your working life in and around manufacturing, like myself. What's your perspective of the sector at its current stands? Well, John, I think at the moment uh, the sector's quite buoyant. Uh, there's a lot of companies doing really well. There's some good opportunities in there. People are growing and people are letting other people down, which is a great opportunity. And manufacturers are good at fixing problems. But people are letting other people down. Yeah, they are. I think they're failing to commit. There's a, I think there's a fear of commitment from some organisations uh, to deliver on time. I come from an automotive background. I lived by a clock. We had to collect on time. We had to deliver to within a minute. And there's some people that are a little bit reluctant to do that. And as a result, they're starting to slip and they're struggling. So other people are taking up that opportunity, which is why I say that I think the area is buoyant. Yeah. What do you think the role of manufacturing is in the economy overall? Ah, it's critical. For me, everything that we do is about manufacturing. Um, everything that we use on our day-to-day lives, be that a knife and a fork when we have our meals, is manufactured, it's made, a TV, all the IT that we've got is manufactured in some shape or form. So it's fundamental to everything that we do in our day-to-day existence. But there is a belief, isn't there, that in the UK, maybe this is from a few years ago, that we don't need to manufacture other people can manufacture and we can get by by mainly doing the service sector. Well, I think there is. I think it's been a dirty word, John, in real terms. You know, I think banks are scared to invest. Um, they look for the quick return on an investment, so they've gone for the high tech, whereas a manufacturing one is more of a sustainable long-term return. But once you've invested in that kit and you've got the technology and you've got the people to drive it, you're there forever in a day. And people will always want the services and the needs that we use on a day-to-day basis. But in other words, are you saying it's the basic boring stuff that we need on a day-to-day basis? Like we need a shirt on our back, don't we? Well, John, you said at the beginning we both come from the same background. I don't think it's boring. I I don't. I think manufacturing's great. We're a nation of fixers. We like fixing things. And and that's what engineers do on every day of their working life. So... I don't think it's boring. I think it's, I think it's inventive. It's innovative. There's a lot still more to do, and there's a lot still more to get our hands on. Maybe I used the wrong word. Maybe it's not as sexy as IT or uh, digital marketing and all those things. Well, yeah, it might not be as easy. I oh, you, so you think it's sexy as well? <laughs> well, for someone who worked in a chassis structural world for, for 20, 30 years, I had to make black bits that go under cars look sexy. So, uh, yeah, I can, I can do my best at making things that are boring look good. Because you started in a business that was actually quite small probably when you first started there. Yeah, when I first moved into talent engineering as it was, it was a company of about 8 million and three or 400 people. And by the time I left... Well, that's quite big then. Um, okay. It was, yeah. In compared to some, yeah. Some of the businesses I deal with now are one, two, three, four million size. So yeah, a significant difference. But it lost its way. Um, we made a decision to change from... Uh, a, a traditional manufacturing and, and probably having four or five products to, to single source uh, in automotive 
Uh, and we made a big, huge leap. We went from that 8 million turnover to 200 million. Uh, in Overnight? No, over 10 or 20 years, John. No, no, no we're not that good. Uh, but we opened plants in North America, in India, China. And we took advantage, and I think that's the thing that exists today. We took advantage of a situation that was there. Automotive was growing and was booming. We got in at the right time, but more importantly, we had the right attitude. We had a can-do attitude. We wanted to succeed. And you were focused as well, you see, I suspect, by taking on one product group. 100%. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew we wanted to make chassis structural product. We were even clever at saying which automotive manufacturer we wanted to work with on which vehicle and whether we wanted the front or the rear part of that suspension. So we were very selective. And why did we do that? We did that because we didn't have an abundance of resource. We had to use what we had wisely and we had to use it well. And that's what we chose to do. Yeah, need is the mother of invention, isn't it? So true. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's what, and that's why the private sector really thrives, isn't it? And the pennies look after themselves. If you look after the pennies, the pounds sort of start yeah. to fold. And it takes a bit of work to get there. But once you get on that journey, the sort of the rewards that you get and the, the sort of momentum that you build is, is unbelievable. Timing is important, and sometimes that's down to luck. Yeah, luck has a fair bit to do yeah. with it. But I think, you know, everyone says you make your own luck, don't you? you? What we did was we represented ourselves in the right way. When we went to a customer, and how do you start? You know, if you go and knock on someone's door and you say, my name's David and I want to sell you this, you've got to convince them that what you're talking about is right. You've got to convince them that you can deliver. And that's back to the point I was making before. I think there's a lot of companies not doing that. We were very focused about what we wanted to deliver and why we wanted to deliver it. And we wouldn't let anything get in our way. We knew who our competitors were and we challenged those competitors. We actually took one of them out of the market and then subsequently ended up taking over their company. So, you know, we ended up with a, with a whole different gambit from where we started. Yeah. I think you're right. Look, you can't control look. So don't worry about it. But what you can control is the other things you talked about. Focus, working hard, and being innovative. It is, and I think it's getting the right people around you. We had a great culture. People are so important. Yeah, we had a great culture. We had a guy who led the company who, who had a really strong can-do attitude, wouldn't take anything for no. No wasn't a word that was in the vocabulary for, for, for Bernard. So we built that, and that culture developed, and it developed through two or three generations and that was the bedrock of what we did when we went through that huge growth curve. We nearly went to the wall a couple of times. We, we overstretched ourselves and we, we followed that busy fool strategy for a while. But you learn while you're doing it and you learn on your feet and you become stronger and you become better. And that's where companies I grow. think having a hard time, actually, if you survive it, you're stronger. And it's almost essential. I know someone, uh, someone says um, failure isn't a failure. It's a, sub, it's, a, it's a step towards success. Now, I don't quite agree with that, but I think actually if you're going to try and succeed, you've got to be prepared to risk failure. I think you do. I don't I think it's an essential step, but you've got to risk it. If you don't risk it, you're going to change nothing. Well, I think the interesting word you use there is risk. And go back to what we were talking about before. There is always a relevant of risk. The higher the risk, the higher the gain. The lower yep. the risk, the mediocre gain you get. And I think that's the important thing that you've got to, to buy into. You've got to accept the challenge. You've got to be prepared that you do get things wrong. You know, automotive went right first time. It's a bit of a myth, really, because you never get it right first time. And I think the hard thing is some people never know when to stop in that development cycle. They keep trying to That's develop. tricky as well, isn't it? Because you never know whether just one more push or it's time to stop. Well, it, it is, but I think 
that's where a group of people around you are good because if you've got to a point where um, you want to continually evolve and innovate, you've got to have somebody that said, stop, this is good enough to go to market. This has got a lot of characteristics that people want. Let's get it to market. Let's see what market says and then come back at a later date. and do Those judgment calls are so essential and they only come from experience. Yes. It comes from getting it wrong a few times and getting it right a few times as well. I mean, I think there's two uh, conflicting ideas here. There's um, Einstein's theory that stupidity is repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Robert the Bruce said, watching a spider, when it's failed the seventh time, then it succeeded on the eighth time. So there's two opposite things. Because there is not really one answer, is there? There isn't. And I think that's the interesting part of when you're in that manufacturing era, or that manufacturing world, sorry, Um, you don't necessarily know what the right solutions are, but you're striving to find them. And, and it's that, that that drives you on in terms of, I can do a little bit better, I can make that a little bit better. So, yeah, the laws of physics come into everything that we do, everything that we learn. They are consistent, aren't they, the laws of oh, physics? Absolutely, and you can't kid them. But what we did was we challenged the process, the process in which you do it and how you do it, so that you just didn't take things for granted. And I think in our day-to-day lives now, there's a lot that's mediocre and repetitive things that need to be challenged and changed. And I think it's trying to get a culture in the country probably that, that allows that to do. Because for manufacturing to succeed, you can't have accountants running the country because they'll never let you do it. But there's so many people in institutions that totally resist change. You know, they, they, they're, very, they're very, actually they're very focused, but they're not open to new ideas. And that's the balance to get right, isn't it? If, you, if you're focused, you've got to resist any outside ideas. But then you've got to have outside the ideas if you want to think of new ideas. It is. Because can I just start thinking, Bernard, to me, he was one of my role models, actually. Um, I think what he did was quite remarkable. And he's, and he's very um, insp- inspirational. He was. He was a hard taskmaster as well. Um, I can remember him telling me something very early on in my days, which was, um, if it was easy, I wouldn't need someone like you. So I think he knew, and, and what Bernard did was, Bernard put a team around him that was strong and had those different characteristics. And that team is important because sometimes, go back to your point, you can get a lot of innovators and you'll go nowhere. You need to get a balance of somebody that's got a good financial background that's going to be the the conscience on your shoulder that says, stop, this has gone too far. Or you've got somebody that's got the right equilibrium about what the market can or can't do. and, And you've got to get that balance right. And that's important. And he did that. Bernard was a man, wasn't he? He's still around, of course, but he's, 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 you know, but he must have been the founder of that business. He was, yeah. I mean, Bernard joined talent from a 16-year-old as an apprentice and, yeah. and ended up being the chief exec and then owner of the company and then sold it on to, uh, to then Tyson, which then became ThyssenKrupp, that ultimately then became Gestamp. And it, it, it was his personality and it was his drive that embedded into me. Yeah. And then that went on through the next I generation. suspect you complimented his skills, actually. Yeah, we did. We had some interesting ch- challenges sometimes. Um, good team. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. Because someone who's good at one thing is sometimes bad at them. But I think the importance of, of people like Bernard is that they can recognise that. There's a lot of people that don't are not able to recognise the strengths in other people. And but it's almost them. instinctive to him as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, experience. I think it's it's like, you know, I think the word entrepreneur gets used or yes, overused. Absolutely. But there are certain people and, and who will do certain things in their life. And, and Steve Jobs is probably one. You know, 
look up. You'll never get another Steve Jobs. Is it Jobs. something you're born with or something you can learn? I think you're born with it. I agree. I don't think you... I think you can develop absolute skills, but I don't think you're... Unless you're born with it, you've not it's got It's like it. motivation, you know. I think motivation comes from inside people. I think it's difficult to produce that. What people can do and shouldn't do is demotivate people. Yeah. But motivation's got to come from within. It, it does, and I think... I'll go back to my own childhood and why did I succeed the way I succeeded? Because I had the right attitude. I was prepared to do things. I was prepared to put my head on the block. I took some chances. They were edu- They were sort of... They were judges. They weren't... It wasn't reckless. It was... No. No, they weren't. But but you've got to have that mentality and that personality. And if you haven't got it, you can read as many textbooks as you want, but you won't be able to do it. Absolutely agree. So that brings me to something quite interesting. That I think you're quite heavily involved in the UTC here, on yep. Newton Aycliffe. Very passionate for me, the UTC. Uh, Are you I trying to train people to be entrepreneurs? I did business development for my first 18 years in Gestamp, and I loved it, uh, or talent as it was then. I was travelling the world... I was going back into the boardroom and, look, this is what we've won. Then I got, in 2008, I was given the plant to run. And I started to learn the practicalities of what was needed to run a manufacturing entity. And we were taking on 20 apprentices a year. And we were getting these 20 young kids and they were uncomfortable and uneasy. And they weren't necessarily in the right zone. So I then started to look at what are we doing, why are we recruiting? And I got the opportunity to then get involved with the University Technical College, which was a thing that's run by Baker D-Ring. Lord Baker uh, set off Baker D-Ring, and over a number of 10 years now, they've, they've opened up 48 university technical colleges in the UK. And, and they're not new. This is going back to, to your mind. They're like technical colleges, John, where you've got a bit of academic and you've got a bit of practical learning and you merge the two together. And the kids that we've got going through there get it. They get a light bulb moment. They know what they're doing. So the University Technical College is 14 to 18-year-olds who want to get into a STEM-based subject. And for me, that's, that's been a personal passion. I've been with it now for 10 years since inception to where we are today. And I can brag that we've put probably close to five, 600 students through that facility, and there's only one that hasn't gone to a destination of choice. That's be that higher education, further education, degree apprenticeship, apprenticeship, or into simple manufacturing engineering jobs. Or in some cases, they've decided manufacturing engineering isn't for them. But what they've been able to do is they've been able to make that decision based on fact and evidence and not rhetoric that they've been told by grandparents or parents or friends down the road. So the UTC is great. The first one in the region is in Newton Aircliffe, which is not a million miles from where where you're based, John. That's right. Okay, so one last question. If you were Prime Minister today, for one day, what would you do? For one day, I don't think I'd get it done, but one thing I would certainly want to do is try and revitalise the, the, the civil structure, the, the governance structure that's in local uh, government. It's been around for far too long. It's very stale, it's archaic, it's a big wheel, there's no innovation and everything that we're wanting to do in our lives now is, is more dynamic. David, so it's worked, I would look to do that. Our electoral system has worked for 400 years. How can you possibly improve that? Well, back to my point from before, John, you challenge the process. You can always improve on what you've got. You never leave the status quo. Once you get to that, you're on the rocky road. So down. you think the world is different now to 400 years ago? I certainly do, yes. <laughs> well, thank you, David, for your time today. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Spot On Podcast. Like and subscribe to keep in touch with further editions coming your way soon.